don't quit in the dip. Don't quit in the dip. Sean Nepp said, if you want to buy his book, you can find it online. Um, I, I love this because a lot of us have been tempted to quit in 2020, haven't we? We've been tempted to just give up in the dip, maybe the dip of your business, the dip of a relationship. We talked about how checkmate last week and how the devil and the young boy was playing the game and how the, there was still one more move that the devil missed. And uh, the young boy uh, from the uh, chess champion who was studying that painting, remember the story from last week, found out that there was still one more move that actually this young boy could do. And actually it would help him to win the, the entire game. And that's what God does for us if we don't quit, if we don't give up. There's, there's something about not getting weary and I think that that's what a lot of you faced in 2020. You, you just got weary in, in doing well. And we're masking and we're distancing ourselves, which is totally different than how we were made to be. And it's been tough. But today I, I want to even go further because I want to talk about a double dip. Because we're, some of you probably feel like here in America, we're, here we go again. We're, we're dipping again. Don't quit when you are discouraged. Don't quit when it seems like you don't understand what's going on. Keep believing in what you know is right. And you will never go wrong. All right? Some, have you ever been to a party? And in the party, you're watching someone with chips... And maybe guacamole dip or salsa. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Yeah, we're in Texas. And you're watching them, and, and they take their chip, and they, they dip in the salsa. They take a bite of it, and you, you can't believe your eyes because they take that same chip that was in their mouth that they broke off, and they do what? They double dip. Folks... That's against the word of God. It's just not right. I mean, it's just not right. And, and you're, you can't believe what you're seeing. It's like, you just didn't do this. And we find ourselves being shocked when we find that these kind of things go on. But sometimes we find ourselves shocked at the double dips in our own lives as well. And that's what I want to talk about because... If anyone's ever felt like giving up a second time, then this message is for you. And I'm pretty sure everybody that's here today and that's watching online has probably felt like giving up not only one time, maybe a couple times, maybe on a relationship, maybe in a business venture. I, I don't know what the case may be. But, Peter, you have to come out of the dip. God brings you out just like what he did for Peter. Remember the story from last week? God was calling Peter into a higher purpose, and they'd fished all night, didn't catch anything. And, and, and then here they're cleaning their nets, they're done, and Jesus says, throw them out again, boys. They do, and it breaks the net with so many fish. Well, Peter came out of the dip of not catching anything into a greater purpose than whatever he could ever imagine by following Jesus. But then he blows it again, and that's what I want to talk about. And maybe some of you can relate to this. 
because you maybe have felt like a failure not only once, but maybe twice. And if you've ever felt that way, then today you're in good company with a gentleman by the name of Peter. And I want to talk about him again because uh, he's, Peter is actually one of Jesus' best interns. I guess we could call him that, disciples. Jesus is teaching them. And he's, he's actually one of the closest to Jesus. And yes, Peter actually double-dipped. It wasn't chips and salsa, but I want to tell you what happened. And here's, let me set up the context for you so you know what's going on. Jesus' fame was blowing up. I mean, there was miracles happening, water to wine. People from the dead were being raised back to life. And all of a sudden, it's all a part of that. And he was right there with them. And then it all of a sudden started going south. At the end of three years, these religious men were plotting to kill Jesus. And they, they were ready to kill him, to get him out of the way, and to do their act. And the night before it was to go down... Jesus gathers his interns together, or his disciples together, and it's something that we call the Last Supper. And he begins to try to tell them that, hey, boys, this is about to go down, and I'm, I'm getting ready to die, and, uh, but this is what I came to do. And, and they're oblivious to what is getting ready to happen. So Jesus has this conversation with Peter, and I, this is where we're going to pick up the story in Luke chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to start with verse 31. And so Jesus is having this conversation around the table with with Peter, and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to shift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Now, I love that line right there because I want you to know that there's someone always praying for you. If you if you can feel the prayers or not, he says, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Notice what Peter says. But Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Did you see Peter, what he's saying to Jesus? He sounded so confident, didn't he? It's like, I'm your man, I'm your guy. And yet he had come out of a dip three years earlier, and he probably thought, hey, there's nothing going to sway us. Jesus, I've seen you do everything. You know, I'm I'm your guy. I'm going to be with you to the end. I've seen you do so many miracles. But this is what I want you to get today. When you're in such a good place, it seems like you're unstoppable. And some of us have found ourselves from time to time in life where it seems we are unstoppable. We're in a good place. But all of a sudden, we find ourselves coming out from one dip and then double dipping. So here's what happens. After this, this meal, they follow Jesus to a garden to go pray. And here comes Judas, another intern. I, I would rather call him an outlaw. He betrays Jesus into the hand of money of a small mob, and he hands Jesus over to them. He sells out for money. Now, the, these interns, these disciples, they're scared to death of what's going to happen to them. And especially after Peter has grabbed a sword and cut off one of the servant's ears, 
these interns, these disciples, they just begin to run away in fear of their lives. And remember what Peter said, I, I'm, I'm your guy, I'm with you to death in prison. Well, the guards arrest Jesus, you know the story. But Peter follows the group at a distance. And I, I want you to look at Matthew 26, verse 69. All of a sudden, when, when he follows Jesus at a distance, and, and when you read in uh, John chapter 18, which I'm going to read from Matthew right now, but it, it says that Peter's actually standing by a fire. And what's interesting is that he's standing by the fire trying to keep warm. And here in Matthew 26, others begin to recognize Peter. Let's read Matthew 26, 69. Now, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And here's Peter talking big talk around the table at what we call the Last Supper. You know, I'm your guy. I'm your man. I'm with you to death. And he denies Jesus. He doesn't even have the courage in front of a servant girl to even admit that he knows who Jesus is. And as soon as Peter denies Jesus the third time, that's when the rooster began to crow. And, and I'm sure the words of Jesus just come back ringing in his mind from just a few hours earlier. He's overwhelmed with failure. Have you ever been that way? You just kind of felt overwhelmed like, man, I, I, have, I have blown it. I have messed up. And I'm pretty sure Peter thought he just lost everything at this point. I betrayed my best friend. He's, he's on trial. They're going to kill him. It's over. I've, I've, I've invested three years, and I'm done. And this is, this is where I would like to say double checkmate. The double dip begins at this point. And in John chapter 21, verse 3, Peter, Peter says, I've got to do something besides just sitting here because they're going fishing. And the other guys, the other intern says, we're going to go with you. Because they thought it was over. They were afraid that they were going to be next to die. These men actually believed it, this was the end. It, it's over. What they believed wasn't coming to pass, and they were giving up in a dip, a double dip. Instead of throwing in the towel, they were throwing in their nets to fish again. You see what they did? They went back to what God called them out of. Their purpose was, was greater than just catching fish. Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Instead of fishing for men after this, they, they didn't understand. And instead of throwing in a towel, they start throwing in the nets into the water. And they begin to fish again. But don't look at them like they're crazy. Because all of us have had those same kind of moments, haven't we? Where... We're tempted to go back what God called us out of. I'm speaking to somebody today. We're tempted to go back to that place that's comfortable, it's easy. You, 
you, you failed. You, I mean, you failed miserably, friend. You, Jesus was your man, your best guy, your best friend. And then you denied you knew him not once and not twice, but three times. Exactly what the Savior said would happen. All of us have those moments when we're tempted to go back to what we feel that we can control. Well, I'll go back to this because I can control this, but I can't control that over there. What is interesting is this. They fished all night long again. And guess what? Again, they caught nothing. They're either really bad fishermen or God set that up on purpose. And I believe it's they were good fishermen and God was just setting something up for them. And here, lo and behold, here comes Jesus. He's on the beach. They did not recognize him. But Jesus calls out to them, how's it going? Catch anything? Is it good fishing out there? And they holler back, nope, it's horrible. They've been out all night. They, they didn't catch anything. And then Jesus says, hey, why don't you try throwing your nets on the other side of the boat? And I, I'm assuming that it's like a fisherman telling another fisherman, hey, why don't you try that spot over there? That's a better spot. And of course, in their name reason, they did it. And when they did, they caught so many fish in their nets, it began to fill up. And it's interesting that the Bible says, then John said, it's the Lord. <laughs> it's the Lord. They... They spent all night, didn't catch anything, but they throw their nets out one more time. And it's on the other side of the boat, which is not logical. And they realize it's the Lord. Well, Peter, he jumps in the water. He starts swimming towards Jesus. And he, and I'm sure he's just thinking, man, I don't want to hang in this dip any longer. This is a double dip and I'm not staying around here. And when they get to the shore, there they find Jesus and and Jesus starts this fire, and he begins to cook fish for them. I don't know about you, but I would really love to taste some of God's fish. How about you? Anybody like fish besides me? I, I like fish. Uh, catfish? Anybody like catfish? Come on. I'm preaching good now. And... It, and they're, they're sitting around this fire. Jesus is cooking fish. And instead of the Last Supper, now it's the Last Supper. Verse 5, so we don't think about it that way. But that's really what's going on. And I want to pick up in verse 15 of John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he says to him, now, now remember, all, all the other interns are, are there too. I mean, Jesus is having this conversation with Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, 
You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. All throughout the Bible, sheep are made reference to as people. So what was Jesus trying to say there? Get involved in people's lives and love them. Work with them. Serve them. Make a difference in the world. Loves. And I want to tell you today, if you love God, get involved in what God loves. And God loves people. It's not about just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's about, and this is exactly what Aaron was talking about at the beginning of the service. Getting involved in people's lives. When God tells you to pray for someone behind the counter, begin to pray with them. Obey God. Love God. Love people. Make a difference in the world. And notice this. This is the second time Jesus performed this kind of miracle. And I'm sure Jesus allowed all this to happen. You see, we think that things just kind of happen, but God's able to, to use it for his glory. God is going to perform the same kind of miracle from the first dip that Peter was in to do a miracle for him for because of the second dip that he was in. And taking him back to the moment of his calling and his purpose. His purpose wasn't to catch fish in the natural. His purpose was greater than that. Remember we asked the question, what if Peter said, thank you for all these fish and it took some other boats to help us get it to the shore. And what if he never followed Jesus? What if he didn't walk in his purpose and his healing? And yet he goes back to that same kind of business. He flunks again, he fails, and he, they don't catch any kind of fish. And yet Jesus performs the miracle again. And I'm sure Peter's reminded, this is what happened when he called me out the first time of my dip. And I have double dipped, I have messed up. And he calls him back to where he first started following Jesus, does the same miracle, and says to follow him again. And I, I'm going to make you fishers of men, so I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to feed my people. And that's exactly what happened when you read on the day of Pentecost what happened in Peter's life. He preaches a message, and it's a powerful one, and 3,000 people were saved that day. Talk about making a difference in his world. That's exactly what happened. There's one more point I want to share with you because I find this very interesting. In the Bible, it, the Bible has words that are there, and it's not by mistake that they're there. When you see in, in, in John, when, when Jesus is, uh, when, when they talk about the fire, that Jesus has made this fire. When you look up that word, that word is, and, and Jesus is on the beach, he has this fire, and that word is actually, uh, some translations say, charcoal fire. And, it, and it's, there's only two places in the Bible where it uses that term, coals or charcoal fire. The first one is, is where we're talking where Jesus is at the beach and, and Peter's there with his disciples. But the other time it's mentioned is when Peter is denying Jesus three times and he's warming himself by a charcoal fire. 
And you begin to think about this, and, and it's not by chance that, that God does things. He, he does things for purposes. And when you think about this charcoal fire, why the detail? Because that's the same kind of fire where Peter denied him, and I'm sure that triggered. And, and in life, we have things that trigger us to remember things, don't we? There are certain things that it's called a trigger that, that makes us go back and think about things. And I'm sure this is where the smell would have triggered Peter to remember when he denied Jesus. And this is what Jesus is saying. Do you love me? He's saying, I was still with you then when you were denying me. I saw you when you denied me, but I still want you. And even though you denied me and there's still plans, there's still purposes for your life. And that's the good news for all of us today, that when we have fallen into a double dip, yeah, there's something that might trigger. It, it may not be a charcoal fire. It might be something in your life that only you and God know about. But God went to great lengths to prove to Peter his value. And he does the same with us. And it's called the cross of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Peter's story is our story as well. Have you experienced a double dip in your life? Have you messed up a second time? All you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you. Shame is not from God. It is not from God. That is from the enemy. And no matter how many times that you failed, the first, the second, a millionth time, I'm here to tell you that God still loves you. And he doesn't want the sin and the wrong choices in your life to keep you away from the blood. So he made a way of escape through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that today? I am thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. He still loves you. You still have a purpose. God still has plans for your life, even though you messed up and you messed up big. He gives you another chance, just like in golf. It's a mulligan. It's a do-over. You've got another chance. And I love this. Someone once said, whenever God forgives, it's always the second chance because he forgot the last one when you asked him to forgive you. Isn't that good? It's always a second chance because you ask him to forgive you, so you're back at zero again. And even though it's a double dip, he gives you a second chance because the Bible says he forgives and he forgets. And he remembers your sin no longer. It's always a second chance. I think that's really good, don't you? When Jesus asked, do you love me more than these? What are the these? In Peter's case, it was the fish. Do you love me more than the fish? Do you love me more than what you thought your purpose was? Do you love me more than just making money? Do you love me baiting more than these? Peter was baiting the fish, but the fish was actually baiting him. And it leads me to the question as I close today, what are the fish in your life?
What tempts you when you fail to go back to the place? What is that? What is the fish? What is baiting you? What, what is bringing you away from your calling and your purpose? And I'm speaking to somebody because I feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place. What do you need to tell Jesus? Jesus, I love you more than these. Be like Peter. Lord, you know all things. I can't hide anything from you. But I love you more than these. We used to sing a song in the old days. And it was, lovest thou me more than these, my child? What will your answer be? Oh, precious Lord, I love you more than all of these, more than wealth, more than fame, more than the world. That should be our answer. I love you more than these. And Jesus will bring you out of the dip, the double dip, and he will bring you back to your calling again. And I believe that's some news we all can use. And it gives us hope no matter how we failed. God still loves us and he's still calling us to our purpose. It's not over because you're still breathing. And everyone said amen. Let's stand today. Maybe today you've never really given your life to the Lord and maybe you go to church from time to time and maybe you're not totally sold out. Today's your day of opportunity. And Jesus is asking us the same question. Do you love me? Do you love me? What's your answer going to be? Do you love me more than all of these? Only you can answer that question. It's my prayer today that you will totally sell out to Jesus Christ and give your life 100% to him today. I want, I want to invite you to pray with me and, and pray this prayer. If you don't know Christ, just pray this prayer with me and, and you can Jesus a relationship with him. It's just this simple. I want you to pray with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe you died on a cross. You shed your blood that I could be forgiven. I also believe with all my heart that God raised you from the dead. And that you are alive forevermore. And so, with that in mind, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. Just, just say that out loud. Wherever you're at. You might be in your living room right now. You might be in your car. I don't, I don't know where you're at. Just say, God, forgive me of all my sin. He's asking you, do you love me more than the sin in your life answer him and say yes I love you more he's going to give you your calling your purpose begin to feed my sheep begin to love God love people make a difference in the world